Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. been put on notice the arizona cardinals have a pass rush that will haunt you in your sleep welcome into the phnx cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook giving all new customers a can't miss offer bet just one dollar on any football game this week and receive two hundred dollars in free bets instantly i'm cheerson susel alongside johnny venerable and Johnny, as the night went on yesterday and throughout the day today, uh, the more I went over what happened on Sunday, the more impressed I became with Chandler Jones, with what he was able to do with his five sacks, and the more intrigued I've gotten with the Jordan Hicks storyline. Hicks was the man with the green dot, played 61 snaps, which is 95% of them, and Zayvon Collins playing just 34% of the snaps. Nobody really saw that coming. No, I, I absolutely welcome, Kirsten. It's it's great to be on here at the Cardinals PHNX live podcast. And yeah, it it was a surreal Sunday afternoon. I mean, when we were watching that game together, we haven't seen a performance like that specifically defensively. I think since since Todd Bowles was their de- defensive coordinator back in 2014, and I think we all expected Chandler Jones to come into this season motivated, motivated to reannounces his presence as, as one of the greatest pass rushers of, of his generation. You know, and I, you know, cautiously, cautiously predicted he have somewhere between 12 to 15 sacks on the year. Clearly, I, I set the bar too low because he's about a third of the way there after one game. Uh, and, you know, motivation when it comes to your wallet is um, very profound. And I feel like he probably felt a little bit disrespected. He's given the Cardinals elite production since they've dealt for him back in 2016 and I'm sure he's thinking well I had one down year and it was because of injury and I just assumed we pick up contract talks and the Cardinals have not uh and so he responded and I think everybody's going to benefit from this in the long run and to your second point Cheerston the Jordan Hicks situation is interesting you know I've logged the snaps from yesterday and, and reviewed some of the advanced metrics online this morning and he played more significantly more than Xavier Collins. Now, the antidote to their success, I believe, is to slow build Xavier Collins, allow him to have success and to play more and more every week. And I also think that Cardinal fans can stomach a lot more Jordan Phillips, number one, when he plays as, as effectively as he did yesterday. Um, and then number two, they're winning. Uh, if Jordan Hicks starts all 17 games and they go 17-0, no one's going to have a problem with that. Uh, and I think it's kudos to him. 
being essentially a cast off in the spring. A lot of people, including myself, thought he could be cut, could be dealt maybe for a late round pick or some help at corner. Um, and it's just, it's a good situation to have where Zavian Collins, Isaiah Simmons, and Jordan Hicks all in the field at the same time, interchangeable pieces. And maybe that's where Vance Joseph stepped outside his comfort zone as opposed to last year, where he was just staunchly committed to having Isaiah Simmons sit. Clearly, you know, even though Xavier Collins is playing about a third of the snaps yesterday, had very high metrics. Pro Football Focus had him as one of the highest rated linebackers on the team, specifically against the run. 90 plus uh, was his grade there. So, I mean, all in all, it's it's difficult to find things. We're nitpicking right now because it was just a, such a surreal performance yesterday. Well, I, I'm so nitpicking just at that decision that Steve Kai made to tell Jordan Hicks that he wasn't going to be the starter. That's why it was so surprising. It wasn't because, oh, Jordan Hicks had a really great camp and he came out and improved and had more snaps than the rookie Zayvon Collins, you know, albeit a first round draft pick. But that would be something that would be very a normal thing it would be something like hey this is a great thing but just because of how everything played out it makes it more of a storyline yeah you know what it reminds me of people who doubted Hassan Reddick last year I was in that camp thought he should be moved they didn't pick up his fifth year option and he came out I know he plays a different position he came out and responded with 12 and a half sacks and again these guys are motivated probably by disrespect Jordan Hicks has felt probably disrespected by this franchise. He was very good for them two years ago. Last year, he probably was on the field too much and just didn't have his legs, couldn't play in space. And so they said, hey, we're going to get the shiny new toy from Tulsa, 16th overall. We're going to plug and play him. We're going to go with upside over experience. Jordan, you're happy to go find another team if they want to take on your salary. Otherwise, you're a backup. And from that point forward, we haven't heard anything negative from Jordan. He hasn't come out and demanded to trade publicly, a la Patrick Peterson. Came to camp, went about his business, and by all accounts has mentored Zavian Collins. And I think that that is one of the most admirable things that you can do is, hey, I know this guy's probably going to replace me eventually. This is probably my last year, you would think, on the team. But I'm going to help get this guy up to speed. I'm bought in. I'm beloved by my coaches and teammates. Vance Joseph, you know, he, he's refused to take him off the field for the better part of two, two years. Devondre Campbell is the one that's been subtracted from this position group. So, again, I just love the fact that they're because what they're doing with Isaiah Simmons and they're allowing him to be flexible. We saw him rushing from the edge yesterday, played in the secondary where he has interception. I think that – that, yeah, yeah. I think that allows them – to be in a position where everybody can thrive together. It's a long season and you need people to be fresh and kudos to Vance for that. Well, it was a surprising to a lot of us, the amount of playing time that Jordan Hicks had, but Cliff Kingsbury was asked today in his media availability, if it was something that he felt was going to happen all along, or if it kind of just unfolded itself during camp, here was his response. I'd say a combination of both. I mean, he had a tremendous camp came in, um, played his tail off all training camp and continues to do so. Uh, going on, on year three in, in the system for him, too. Things have really slowed down. He's getting guys lined up and, and playing at a high level. And then while we're at it, he also spoke to uh, Hicks and Chandler Jones, just their storylines, which we've already touched on in the offseason, just two players surrounded by circumstances that it, they didn't necessarily like, but decided to put their heads down, show up to work, uh, you know, work their tails off anyway, and they reap the benefits of that on Sunday. Um, 
you said they were perhaps um, the best um, players in camp and then also spoke to uh, just how much J.J. Watt uh, also just helped Chandler Jones uh, get those five sacks. Um, is a testament to the level of play that he's been at over the last few years. I mean, he's been incredible since he really came into the league and particularly got out here to Arizona. Um, I mean, he, he's done it at a higher level, I, I think, pretty much than anybody looking statistically. And can't say enough good things about Chandler. And then we knew when we signed J.J. that would be a tough matchup for people if we could get both of them on the field at the same time, um, kind of pick your poison at times. And I think uh, teams are going to have to do that. And it was, it was Chandler's day, and he took full advantage of it. Yeah, that's uh... – that's definitely something that uh, we touched on. We thought it was going to be J.J. Watt to have the uh, multiple sacks. No, we didn't think anyone was going to have five sacks, but we thought it was going to be J.J. that would have maybe possibly the uh, the breakout performance, his debut as a Cardinal, but uh, Chandler Jones, the one that reaped the benefits of it. But, yeah, like Cliff said, it, it could be either one of them on any given Sunday. Yeah, and I think where he's going to benefit is now teams are going to be forced to adjust, and I think we'll see it this weekend against Minnesota. Even though Minnesota's got semi-competent tackles, I mean, Taylor Luan's a pro bowler and, and was exposed for multiple sacks on Sunday, and he took to Twitter, and that was just – it was an absurd situation yesterday, and I, I think – so they're going to be overly prepared for that. Mike Zimmer's going to talk about it all week leading up to Sunday that, hey, we cannot let Chandler Jones beat us. But what does that allow you to do – when you're or does not allow you to do is when you're adding additional protection on the edge and giving what's called help to an offensive tackle, whether you're chipping with a tight end, you're bringing in another guard to help you, it's going to free up things on the inside. And it's going to allow J.J. Watt to expose what I think is a vulnerable interior offensive line for Minnesota. And a quarterback, in my opinion, that's less mobile than Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, it would not surprise me at all. I think Chandler Jones is still going to average a sack per game for the end of the year, which would coincidentally give him the sack record over Michael Strahan at 21 and a half. I think J.J. Watt, this is the game at home where he has multiple sacks and he exposes uh, a little bit of a vulnerable Minnesota offense, offensive line. And again, when you're so focused on one guy, it frees up everything else. We're seeing that with with um, Chandler Jones, and I think we're going to see it next weekend. I think we're also going to see it in the secondary, or excuse me, at receiver with DeAndre Hopkins and guys like Christian Kirk and Rondell more succeeding. Everybody, these elite players that the Cardinals have, they have about six to eight elite players on the roster. And the job of these guys is not only to be great, but to take attention off of the second and third tier players for the Cardinals so they can have an opportunity to succeed. Marcus Golden is better because he plays opposite Chandler Jones, just like Christian Kirk is better because he plays opposite DeAndre Hopkins. When you have these just supremely gifted athletes it draws so much attention. Teams, they game. We hear that term "game plan" probably thrown around too much, but they will game plan against Kyler Murray and Chandler Jones and DeAndre Hopkins because they are, you know, unquestionably top twenty to thirty players in the NFL. And so that's a good feeling for JJ Watt. You're now in really the the twilight of your career. People are questioning how much time you have left in this game that you love. And by all accounts, he looked good on Sunday. Tremendous against the run. Graded out well via Pro Football Focus. And what I loved is they didn't have to play him the entire game. He's on a pitch count because he, you know, screwed around with his hamstring in training camp, pulled it. They sat him for a while. We're going to get the best version of J.J. Watt this year if they continue to, to maximize his reps like they are. By the way, 
I just have to throw this fun fact in there because I didn't know. Did you know Taylor Luan is from Scottsdale? He went to Chaparral High School. He's a local guy. I, I did not. No, but that's weird because then he went to Michigan for college. Yeah, yeah. Well, I it's not necessarily that weird because um, the, the pipeline, Michigan's one of those schools where they recruit here in Arizona and mm. uh, really – they get a lot of uh, colleges from all over the place coming into uh, Arizona now. It's, it's been a hotbed, especially for, I know he's an offensive line, but, uh, you know, quarterbacks and, and things like that. So it's not too surprising. I know of a few kids that have gone there uh, just in the last few years up to Michigan. So, um, yeah. Speaks to the high school football here in Arizona. Um, yeah. And you were also mentioning um, uh, some stats and things like that. How did you do with uh, your, your prop bets and your. Oh, man. Weekend? Had, had a had a semi productive weekend using the, the DraftKings promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, I hit on a couple props. Alvin Kamara to score first. That hit. I had the money line on both the Cardinals outcome, which hit, of course. And the Steelers beating Buffalo outright. So I cleared a decent amount. But the great part is, Chirsten, is that that $200, that's free money for me to bet after just making $1 bet on any NFL game. So I literally took that $200. Now, you can't just cash that out. You have to go and bet with it, right? And I think that's the misconception. But there's a great chance that you're going to walk away with some kind of profit. So, again, DraftKings Sportsbook, official betting uh, sports betting partner of the NFL, is live in Arizona. We're here on week two. Exciting stuff. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Again, use that promo code PHNX. Get that free $200. Bet it on any NFL game, just $1. You're going to see the benefit. That's promo code PHNX. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook app, 21 plus Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEPS. Eligibility restrictions apply. Max $50 wager. Only one per customer. Uh, see DraftKingsSportsbook.com for detail details. Now, before I say this, do you also, I know you write uh, Cardinals content, but do you also do um, like articles based on betting as well? Yeah, we will dabble into that. I haven't yet, um, but I mix in, or I do my best to make it mix in my opinions, especially when we preview Cardinal games, like should, you know, readers and viewers take the over or the under, should they bet the Cardinals outright? Like, for instance, the Cardinals are, a, a, as of the, we're recording this on a Monday, a, a minus three and a half point favorite against Minnesota. I like the Cardinals and the points in, in that situation. Swallow the three and a half. I think it'll be a blowout. I mix and match some of that stuff when it's relevant. Um, so, but maybe it'll expand, you know, into the future. Uh, myself and, and our good buddy Shane do a gambling show. Uh, on this platform every day at 12 o'clock Arizona time where we break down more than just my Cardinals. Well, I was going to say, because I know that uh, you write some awesome content on our website, uh, which is part of uh, becoming a member. And um, right now, if you become a member, you're going to get access to our members only discord as well. Um, deals on our merchandise every week. And uh, if you want to support us along this journey, uh, you could become a member. And then you're also going to get a free T-shirt or your first month for just 50 cents, depending on which option you do. So no shortage of great content uh, up on our website. And I, I'm i also going to 
uh, a little bit put you on the spot here, but also talk you up, Johnny, because I've quickly come to find out that you are our resident stat master here at PHNX. So I thought it might be a little fun to play a game. Uh, I love stats. I'm just not good at memorizing them. So I pulled a few from Sunday's game that I thought were interesting. They're pretty cool. Okay. So I've got four of them. One of them is incorrect, though. So okay. I'm going to read them all. Oh, uh, fun. And see if you can. I, I might have made it too hard, or maybe you're just going to be great, and we'll see how I do. So I'm going to read them all, and then at the end, if you have a good enough memory to kind of gauge as I'm going, uh, yeah. tell me which one you think is the incorrect stat. Okay. All right. Fire them at me. <laughs> All right. The Cardinals 38 to 13 win over the Titans is the largest point differential in a week one game for the franchise since 1963. That was a 34 to seven win over Dallas. And I'll just keep moving. Um, yeah. Fire them off. Before Sunday, the last time the Cards offense scored on its first two drives of the season was 2010 versus New Orleans. Kyler Murray became just the sixth player in NFL history with at least four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in a season opener. And Chandler Jones is the first player in NFL history with three sacks in the opening quarter of a regular season. Those are tough. Um, <laughs> I remember that Saints game in, in 2010. I wish I didn't. Even though they won that game, Max Hall started that game. And... So that maybe that was a you're saying that Saints game was a road game that they um, played in 2010, or does it specify? It uh, it doesn't specify, it was uh, no at State Farm Stadium. At, okay, so I remember that game. Max Hall was like concussed and they let him keep playing, and it was like the only game he won. He was an undrafted rookie out of BYU. I don't think they scored on both possessions. I will go with that game because I don't think they scored on both possessions. Everything else, I know the point differential one is legitimate. Um, I heard that one earlier today. Um, Kyler sets records every week for this franchise, and I think that, unfortunately, is more of an indictment of the quarterback play we've gotten for the better part of this, this team's history. And Chandler Jones, I feel like that's a, that's a real stat. So I will go with the second option, the – the consecutive scoring drives against New Orleans at home in 2010. Are you kidding me? You got it. All right. <laughs> Good the start. Correct, the correct answer. I wish I had like some sort of like ding, 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 and like confetti to fall. No. But, <laughs> uh, so it was actually, um, so the correct stat is before Sunday, the last time the Cards offense scored on its first two drives of a season, that was 2006 versus San Fran in, in an inaugural game at State Farm Stadium. Yeah. Which, Remember that game too? Which makes the stat, I guess, even worse. Going back even farther. Yeah, I just remember that 2010 season was a disaster. The offense was not good. Max Hall was benched for, for or he was he replaced Derek Anderson, who was bad. So I just associate everything negative with that with that season. So I just assume that that was the wrong answer. No good can come from the 2010 season. I can't believe uh, from 11 years ago, you're like, yeah, I know they definitely did not score on the first two drives. I mean, good job. <laughs> oh, that, well, New Orleans, if you remember, they won their Super Bowl in 2009. Um, so, like, they were really good, and the Cardinals weren't. So I just assumed that that was what, you know, that was what's happening. Good stuff. Right. That was fun. We'll do it again next week. 
Yeah, every every uh, Monday, I guess I'm going to come up with uh, just stats that stick out to me and see if I can trick you. Now I'm on a mission. <laughs> You'll get me. That 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 was a. I got lucky there. Um. All right. Was there any other? Were there any other storylines? Um. From the game, I guess one. You know, we could we could continue to touch on Kyler Murray's play. Um, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about um, his play and what. Which one in which play of his impressed him the most? So this is what Cliff had to say. Uh, yeah, the throw to Christian Kirk on the corner out where Christian kind of caught it over his shoulder. Uh, it's just something we talked about. You get in that situation, you get man coverage, being able to drift back by yourself time versus cover zero and, and throw it up and let him run under it. And he executed it perfectly. So anytime, and he checked the play, he did it all on his own. So anytime you see that, um, come to fruition, something you've worked on and, and emphasized throughout camp. It, it really is uh, fun to watch. I'd go uh, as far as to say something that he would have struggled with last year. So I'm yep. sure that's probably why Cliff brought it up. But that to him, that was the most impressive thing Kyler did. Yeah, I think we we talked about it on yesterday's postgame show. Kyler Murray, in a in a game in which the Cardinals scored 38 points, on the road, ran five times, intentionally ran five times uh, for 20 yards. That's where he wants to live. He wants to be able to add probably, probably if at best, a fifth of his game is that elite athleticism being able to take off. But I think going to the well too much, we're not going to get this Kyler Murray for 17 weeks. And clearly when the Cardinals have Kyler like this, they can beat anybody on, on any field, in the NFL, and I, I would include Kansas City and Tampa. When he looks like this, they're going to be in every game and have a chance to win because he is just such a supremely gifted talent. But when you go to the well too much and you get to the months, I know that you know they play in Arizona. It's beautiful here in November and December. But like last year on the road in New England, they had a loss. You take those road games, especially if they had to go to Seattle late in the season, where you know you get nicked up. It gets you know it hurts. It hurts to get hit in the cold weather. I just think that it's in their best interest to, to allow him to grow and progress. He wants the, the, the best part about it is he wants to be a great pocket passer. He wants to be known as a Drew Brees-esque player because not only is that going to help his team win long-term, but it's going to prolong his career. I mean, to be 21 of 32, nine yards uh, a completion, which is phenomenal, four touchdowns, his first time he's ever thrown four touchdowns in the game, which is hard to believe because he's had so many great moments in each of his first two seasons – he gets nitpicked, I think, more than anybody nationally because of the fact the Cardinals haven't taken that next step in terms of postseason success. But when you just look in a lens at, at his stats for the first two and now three seasons, all he does is he improves his completion percentage, passing yards, average per attempt. I think he's going to well eclipse now over 30 touchdowns this year. I mean, what more do you want from somebody who he just turned 24 years old? There are players in this league that are in their late 20s, early 30s, and we just we we crown them as just these next great star players in the NFL, like the Derek Carrs of the world. They're not even doing anything comparable to what Kyler has done with this franchise. So I'm just excited that he puts a, a continue continuous emphasis on improving what will prolong his career and prolong the Cardinal success, and that's his ability to throw from the pocket. Well, and hey, he's in his third year in the league now. That's typically when you see guys kind of have their breakout years. They've settled in, settled into the offense, the pace of the league. 
Um, and, you know, the Cardinals added the right pieces. And, and hopefully Cliff, now he's kind of in the same situation. Uh, hopefully Cliff's third year in the league, he's settling yeah. in. <laughs> because we all know that, uh, you know, he has needed to improve as well. So hopefully this is the year that it all sort of comes together and, um, you know, speaking of that that touchdown pass to Christian Kirk, I think we've talked a lot about how the addition of A.J. Green can help out DeAndre Hopkins. But I think the addition of A.J. Green and people were there was a lot of talk. I mean, he didn't have the best game, but I think his presence out there is actually benefiting the entire receiving core. And I think Great. Christian Kirk is going to benefit from his, him as well. Yeah, I last year they were so overly dependent on Hopkins to save them. Right. And to just play hero ball. And it was, you know, of course, emphasized with the Hale Murray. And then the passing game had a distinct drop-off. And, again, after the training camp that A.J. Green had, by all accounts, was was dominant at times, I'm going to give him some grace. Let's let he and Rodney Hudson, who I know didn't grade out as good as you maybe would have liked, um, let's give them times to get acclimated to this offense. Um, but I, I just think it speaks to the depth the Cardinals now have at the position, that being receiver, and they're not just solely dependent on on one player, that, that meaning Hopkins. They can now beat you in so many different ways that just wasn't prevalent a year ago. They can run the ball effectively with James Conner and Chase, Chase Edmonds, who I think pair beautifully together. Both of those backs can, can catch the football effectively. There's still lapses at tight end, but they're not evident right now. So I'll leave that to the side. But, I mean, just Rondell Moore, how many times last year did we see this team attempt just these, these line of scrimmage screens, these horizontal screens to receivers, and they didn't have anybody with the elusiveness to manufacture yards after the catch. That's what Rondell Moore does. And, you know, the last point being Christian Kirk was asked, probably unfairly, given, you know, the, the situation at receiver each of his first three years to play outside. He didn't play outside at Texas A&M. He, did, he did, didn't need to play outside in the NFL. In the perfect situation, he is that Golden Tate, Doug Baldwin slot receiver. And what we saw yesterday was him maximizing single coverage underneath. He he has sneaky speed, probably one of the best, if not the best, deep threat on the roster. Most of his catches are highlight catches with him running 20, 30, 40 yards downfield. So, again, contract year, just like Chandler Jones, we ought to get the best version of these guys. And, again, just the, the influx of talent that they brought in at the position should help everybody in an offense that wants to throw the ball. I want to talk a little bit more about the NFC West in general. Um, before we get to that, I want to remind you, um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the code PHNX. We're going to receive $200 in free bets when you place just a $1 bet on any uh, football game. And a reminder, 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only for free bet promotion. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 rate wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Um, max $50 rager, wait, rager, wager for a no brainer offer here. I'm um, looking for a rager. I'm yeah. looking for a rager too. $50 max rager. Okay. Let's see what we can get with that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one per customer and see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right. The NFC West undefeated. In Do we have to talk about it? It just makes me so sad and depressed that the Cardinals can't be in literally any other division right now. Uh, well, okay, but I, we could kind of pick it apart a little bit and, yeah. and, and there might be some 
bright spots in there. Like for instance, the 49ers, I feel like, um, are not as strong as some might think. I'm mm-hmm. curious how the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance quarterback deal is going to work out. Seems like they're going to try and use them both, uh, which I've never been a big fan of. Um, and they they suffered some key injuries in week one, uh, down a cornerback uh, and uh, running back Raheem uh, Mostert placed on IR as well. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. San Francisco, I think, is a little bit fraudulent defensively. They lost Robert Sala who we saw last year, week 16 against Arizona, was the primary culprit for them not making the playoffs last year. He's the new 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 coach of the New York Jets. Um, so their defense, I think, is, is going to take a step back by default. And I just don't believe they've been able to replicate the production of DeForest Buckner, who they like inexplicably traded, inexplicably traded two off-seasons ago. They drafted Javon Kinlaw. He's been a bust up until this point. He's got a bum knee right now. You mentioned Jason Verrett, who that was their big sign in the secondary. That was their Malcolm Butler. But the difference is they don't have a Byron Murphy, and they didn't hit on a Marco Wilson to be able to lean back on. So I'm with you. I think San Francisco, you know, Kyle Shanahan to me is a little bit overrated, but they can manufacture points, and, you know, we'll see how they, they do against the revamped Cardinal defense. But their defense in particular, you give up 33 points to a Lions team that I, I can't even name any of their wideouts. They didn't have their left tackle, Taylor Decker, in that game. They put up 33 points, and they were it was in a one-possession game when the Lions were driving late. So on top of all that, to your point, everything that's going on with the quarterback situation, it's just frustrating for Cardinal fans because, I mean, a lot of national outlets and, and media pundits had San Francisco not only above the Cardinals but as the best team in the division. And then yeah. you watch the quarterback play that they get. And then you watch Kyler Murray yesterday. And it's just like, how in the hell can this team, with all of their issues at quarterback, be favored over, over the Arizona Cardinals? I think that's what's most frustrating. I 100% agree with you. And 41-33 was the final in that game. So that's the the uh, the bad news here. But uh, I don't know that it gets uh, any better. So Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Oh, he had a spectacular performance. Um, they did have, uh, you know, they didn't escape injury free though. Um, running back Rashad Penny is banged up. Um, but yeah. they, you know, their, their offense just looked stellar in a 28, 16 went over the Colts. Yeah. I mean, you know what you get with this team. They've missed the playoffs one time since they drafted Russell Wilson in 2012. I mean, that's just absurd. They've got a hall of fame quarterback and a hall of fame coach. The roster, at least offensively is stacked. I'm, I, I still still don't buy into their front seven defensively. Um, the good news is for the Cardinals is the Cardinals play Seattle tough. The Cardinals could have easily swept them last year or been swept. Um, so I think at the very least, like the Cardinals can split with the Seahawks. Always, it's like one of the most bizarre thing in sports that I like how well the Cardinals do against the Seahawks. Yeah. And especially in Seattle, um, <laughs> they have a winning record for like the past like seven or eight years, which is, which is wild. The, the one area where, I mean, it's, it's where we're going with this is they have never beaten Sean McVay of the L.A. Rams. And now the L.A. Rams have an upgraded quarterback, even though Jared Goff used to expose this team routinely. And then you see what Matthew Stafford did against an albeit a bad Bears defense last night. Not a good Bears team, right? <laughs> Not um, a good Bears team at all. It was embarrassing for uh, <laughs> Chicago fans. Yes, yes. I'm from the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois. My my Chicago fans are just are ready to cut bait and start over outside of Justin Fields. But the Rams, to me, I mean, I don't root for injury, of course. They're very top-heavy. They've got, like the Cardinals, probably seven to ten supremely gifted players, 
And then there's a huge drop off. You know, their left tackle Andre Whitworth's older. Their receiving core is borderline elite. They've got two of the. I mean, you could argue they have two of the top five defensive players in the NFL with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So those have been enough to, to kind of catapult them. And I just think, like, as much as it pains me to say, I, Sean McVay is really like the second coming of, of Sean Payton, and he might be better than Sean Payton. They got to the divisional round last year uh, and beat Seattle in the first round with a backup quarterback. They beat Russell Wilson in the first round with with a backup quarterback while having turn, turmoil with, with Jared Goff. So I think they're the class of the NFC along with Tampa. But the good news is I think the Cardinals can leapfrog, based on what I saw yesterday, both the Rams and the Seahawks in the standings this year. And that's good enough uh, because then you get a ticket to the dance and anything can happen. So I just think the Rams right now, they, I mean, they've been gearing up for this. They, they gave away all those picks for, for Stafford for a reason. So I, I don't think it's fair yet to compare us to a team that the Cardinals haven't beat since 2016. I mean, that the last time they beat the Rams – was the the literally it was like two weeks before they hired McVay. They had, they had an interim coach for Jeff Fisher and Bruce Arians. You know, won like forty to ten at LA. That was like five years ago. That's insane. So until they do it, I can't pick them against the Rams. Okay, Johnny, you didn't even want to talk about it, but you found a way to sort of uh, you know. Oh no, I wanted to talk about it. Just doom and gloom with with the NFC West. Uh, well, we will have plenty of opportunities to talk about the Cardinals' next opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, and um, hopefully Lizzo's, whatever the name of the song is, I don't know. All I know is, <laughs> no, 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 the Minnesota Vikings. That's been in my head. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? It's on the I tip of my tongue. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of it. We will have... We won't have the music because we can't afford it. Uh, we can't afford the rights, but we, we'll have maybe the lyrics on Wednesday and we'll maybe have Cheers Frank, and sing it for well, you. Maybe Frank will sing it for us tomorrow. Well, we all yeah, three of us true. will be back in studio tomorrow. We'll be talking. Uh, we'll turn our attention to the Vikings, and uh, maybe that'll be our goal, see if we can get Frank to sing that song. <laughs> oh, it's called tr it's called Truth Hurts. That's what it's called. Okay. All Truth right. Hurts by Lizzo. Right. Frank, guaranteed, Frank's going to... Frank's going to sing it for us tomorrow. We probably won't even have to ask him. He probably will just do it, you know, <laughs> unprompted. All right. Fingers crossed on that one. Well, if you're catching us on YouTube, we want to remind you to uh, make sure that you never miss out on any of our shows by subscribing to the PHNX Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're hearing us on one of those apps, we want to remind you that we are cranking out some awesome content around all of the major Arizona sports teams on our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports. So make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the bell to sign up for alerts every time we drop new content. And you can also follow us along on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at PHNX underscore sports. For Johnny and myself, we'll see you guys tomorrow.